Ta-da. Shounds. I'm making some shounds. Yeah, but I'm not going to be talking at that volume. <laughs> I'm going to be talking at this volume. Break, break, break. Sounds. <laughs> no, excuse me. It was shounds. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Shounds. <laughs> no, I'm not saying say the, the butt thing, Deanna. Nope. Say it. Say the butt thing. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Damn it. There goes our cold open. Yeah, you're not getting a cold open of me talking about butts. <laughs> Except well, we are now. right now. <laughs> talking about butts. It is a trap. It's always a trap. See more butts. See more butts. Are you a good witch or a bad bitch? Bad bitch, bad bitch. I've been a rebel all my life. We will not remain hidden figures. We have names. I didn't kid you, did I? Well, now you know. Freestyling this trigger warning. <laughs> uh, hey guys, so we wanted to insert a quick little actual trigger warning. There is a brief period of today's episode where we talk in pretty graphic detail about some elements of uh, torture. So if you are um, squeamish, bothered by any of that, please take a look at the show notes. Uh, we will put a distinct um, marker as to when um, that, that exact discussion begins and ends so you can skip over it if you so desire. <sighs> I've got my coffee. Coffee? I've got my butt. Got your butt? Hang on to your butts, everybody. Hang on to your butts. So uh, you are listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. <laughs> Welcome to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. I like that I'm able to throw in a Jurassic Park reference. I mean, it's in our this Twitter bio, too. That's true. Yeah. Always. Did you know Laura Dern was 26 when she shot that? No. Which makes me feel sad. Why? Because I'm 30. <laughs> so what? <laughs> I love Laura Dern so much. I know. She's magnificent. She's, yes. Yes, exactly. Anyway. Anyway. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning. <laughs> We're both a little delirious today. You've had a long work week. I've had a long two work weeks. Yeah. It's I've been... just been crazy too and, you know. Now but we're, we're here to thing. talk about ladies yeah, yeah, yeah. on this podcast about ladies and their friends. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about yeah. women from all over the place, all over the planet, all over time, space. Space, yep, yep. Time and space. Sp the literal the definition of space, not like space, outer space. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't think we've had sure. any aliens. We haven't talked about no. Bjork, so. No, we've only talked about um, an astronaut. Do you think Bjork and Tommy Wiseau are from the same place? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Tommy Wiseau might be an alien. I think he is. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. He might be an actual, honest-to-God alien. He escaped from Area 51. We're not going to talk about him on this podcast. <laughs> well, not anymore. <laughs> He's not. Anyway, we talk uh, about ladies, so if anything, we're going to talk about Bjork. Yes. <laughs> yeah, deal. One one of these days. Pop shakers. <laughs> She's going to be one of those days, I think. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Yeah, girl. I hope you guys had a good week. Welcome back. 
for another installment of goodness from your favorite witches. That's right. Goodness. Goodness. Also, it's October. So if you didn't listen to last week's, you should because it's got some uh, October-y Halloween-y goodness. Yeah. Um, And we're hopefully doing some more of that in the next couple of weeks. And... uh, Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Spooky, spooky. That's going to be fun. Um, I did want to read you this Twitter thread that I found this morning. Kidoki. Because you and I have been talking a lot about um, just the state of the world. And and how hopeless everything the U- feels the US sometimes. And, yeah, exactly. How hopeless it all feels and how confusing everything is and why it doesn't make any sense that like certain like basic human things have suddenly become partisan issues right you know it just it blows my mind it really yeah it's really mind-boggling and so this person on twitter i felt like he put it into really really good words and um the handle his handle is uh jeff black 945 but he's a a former uh pastor okay retired pastor so he's reverend jeff black (laughs) it's kind of a cool name yeah. With the Reverend. Jeff Black sounds like whatever, but Reverend Jeff Black. Reverend like. Jeff Black. All right. What do you got to say, Reverend? So he's got, he does, apparently he does these um, Rev threads. Nice. <laughs> which I thought was really good. So it's Rev thread 112 if you want to go find it. Um, and he, he's named it Songs of Brokenness. Oh, boy. <laughs> but it just, I, I just think it, it says what I've been feeling really well. Um. <sighs> So, last night we saw A Star is Born, a story for our times, a movie that starts out being about diversity and opportunity and the discovery of immense talent, and then becomes a meditation on addiction, the fame machine, and grief. The film is filled with compassion and truth, and it is pretty tough to watch, but in it, Lady Gaga is just brilliant. So, th- so yeah. So this morning we sat down to rewatch Stephen Colbert's interview with Lady Gaga. Ugh. She's a striver for honesty and for depth. She was most moving to me when answering Colbert's gently phrased request for a reflection on Dr. Ford's testimony about Brett Kavanaugh's assault. Um, Lady Gaga first owned that she herself was a survivor of sexual assault. Which is something I don't think she's... Kept <clears throat> hidden. Like, I think that's... No, yeah. yeah. She talks she's about talk- it now. She talks pretty openly about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, she spoke in a well-informed way about how the brain responds to that kind of trauma. Um, I have listened to parishioners confiding these events. Someone in my family was brutally assaulted. I hate this stuff, and I believe my outrage is nothing compared to God's when this happens to any of his daughters or sons. Back to Lady Gaga. She said, to paraphrase, Dr. Ford had put that trauma in a box in her mind and decided to get on with her life. But when she saw that Brett Kavanaugh was about to be put on the Supreme Court and become one of the most powerful men in America, she wanted to protect our country. She came forward to protect our country. Mm -hmm. Both Lady Gaga's movie and her witness on The Colbert Show led me to share an anguished cry of my own. Why does our country need protection and from whom? So here is what this gallant artist did not say, but I will say it. Our government is currently filled with people who are so dead inside that all they know or care about is their own power and wealth. Ponder the infinite depth of this wisdom. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. Mm -hmm. 1 Timothy 6.10. 
Trashing a victim of sexual assault if it serves their purpose is fine. Who cares? Why bother with something as stupid as caring? Vast swaths of our public are being desperately corrupted, are dooming themselves. Those transactional beings, led by the president, mm -hmm. are intent on ending our quest for a just, life-affirming culture. The leaders of the Republican Party under Trump have become necrophiliacs, dead inside and in love with that death. If you just stop caring about anyone other than those who adore you, you're dead inside. Yep. When he discussed the murder and dismemberment of a U.S. resident, a, d a distinguished reporter, Trump asked, it's not a citizen, is it? That is a question he posed. That is a question posed by a dead man. Yeah. Which I just feel like those words, that that is such, I don't know, that the expression of like the inner death of the people in that party is right. so it's not a way I had thought to to talk about that but it explains mm -hmm. it so well mm -hmm. <clears throat> so when the Republicans heard Dr. Ford's challenge to their poster child of wealthy white male privilege they gathered up all their passion to destroy Dr. Ford here rich white males are to rule Another goofball but terrifying rally is going on tonight. Trump, lost in his addiction to fame and to more money, will wallow in his putrid rhetoric as eager crowds ask him to piss all over them. They love this abandoned animal house fascism. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. At the moment in the United States of America, judges are forced to sit in judgment as a two-year-old child is dragged into court by herself and told to explain why she should be granted asylum. A two-year-old. Yep. Who cares about child abuse? To Trump and his followers, what does a baby whom they have orphaned matter? I remind us all of what Jesus says about those who hurt little children. It would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Mark 942. We have a president, a Congress, and a court where dead hearts and cowards rule. Once you don't care, you can become so tough. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> apparently, it's fun for them to abuse two-year-old girls and to approve uh, adult sexual assaulters. Mm -hmm. Happy Mitch? When the little girl bursts into terrified tears, she is pronounced unfit and carted away to a tent in the Texas desert. No one to hold her or to love her. After all, her skin is brown and her parents were deported for the sin of coming here to ask for safety. Trump and Trumpsters, your wealth will never comfort you. You are ruining one of the finest countries in history. Still decent Republicans, come out, come out in the name of God, come out of that hideous ruin of a once great political party. Yeah. Wow. The end. <clears throat> I love when <clears throat> there's Christian justification because... I have no context for Christianity. I was not raised Christian. I, so when I, I find it to be, I mean, I know for a fact that the way that Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan frame their Christianity is incredibly unchristian yeah. as far as Jesus preached. Yes. Um, the Bible is that, full of I know examples. that much, but yeah. I love when like an expert, a reverend is able to come forward and check them on their bullshit because they still try to claim that they are the party of morality and ethics Yep. when they are just not like that dead inside thing. It reminds me, there was this tweet that I retweeted, um, that I hope proves to be true in history. Um, do, 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 do. It says, 
Entire political party happy because sexual assault victims are sad will certainly play well in the history books. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's crazy to me that, like, we can see so clearly what this era in our country's history will look like when when it's reflected upon by historians. Or so we hope. Or so we Because history hope. is usually about who gets to tell the story. Right. It's written by the victors, as the, mm-hmm. as the phrase goes. Just kind of part of the reason why we... Yes. That's absolutely why podcast. we're doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because so many of these stories, I mean, if you think about Rosalind Franklin, whose story didn't come out until, like, what, the 90s or something. And same with Wilhelmina Fleming. Yeah, there, I was thinking of Wilhelmina Fleming, yeah. which people knew about her. She's clearly in history books. But taking a closer examination and going, wait, 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 what actually was her role, though? Yeah. It wasn't until the that those researchers found all of that stuff in Harvard's archives with her name on it and like and the and the records of her discovery discoveries in her own words that you know we were able to look at these things that supposedly some dude did yeah. and revise how we look at that you know one thing that i i also saw it was a, a quote a ruth bader ginsburg quote where or i think it was ruth bader ginsburg no it totally was but i'm going to completely butcher it and fully paraphrase it but it was basically like Someone said to her, are you not going to stop? Like, and like, what's equality? Are you, are you only going to be satisfied if the entire Supreme Court was women? And she was like, well, why the fuck not? <laughs> she, yeah. she was like, nobody would bat an eye. Nobody, for generations and generations, it was all men. And nobody said a word about that. Yeah. So who cares? Like, what, <clears throat> what, what, would that be such a bad thing? Right. It's like those people who are like, should millennials be running for office? It's like, yes, it's like, because, yes. because we're in our 30s now. <laughs> My God. That's what that, that's what, that's how time works. Yeah. But. It's, yeah, it's just a lot. It'll be interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious to see, like, in 10 years, how we're able to look back on this period of history that, it, that does create sort of a murkiness and a question because you would like to think that the, the 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 scales of justice or whatever, like progress, it's slow, but it will continue to happen. And this feels like a massive backslide. And if, you know, these people who are trying to change the, the course of the laws of this country, if those take root, the fight will be harder to get back what we gained. Yeah. So I think that this midterm election is, like, so crucial. God, yeah. Please go out and Please vote, vote. everybody. Please vote. vote. I mean, this, the statistic that I saw recently was, what was it? It was, like, only 15% of millennials voted in the 2016 election. Something something absurd, which mm. was, like, this is, I mean, our grandparents, who aren't going to be here for much longer, are voting. So mm-hmm. why are we not, why are we not, you know... I don't know. It's, Taking it's our some future sort more of seriously. jaded sense of like one vote doesn't make a difference. It's like difference. It's like no, but like f- fucking a huge chunk of the population all have that mentality. And if they went to vote, it would make a difference. Yeah, I know. Sorry to uh, like make us go on a rant, but I just felt like I just go follow go follow Reverend Jeff Black on Twitter because I think he is um, he's saying some stuff that makes sense in a way that makes sense. To me, mm. especially when it comes to that argument about 
civility and whatnot, how Democrats keep shitting themselves over like, we should be civil and blah, blah, blah. And Republicans are out there saying, I'm going to curb stomp, you know, whatever my opponent's face is. It's like, they they don't give a shit about those things. And we need Not to anymore. stop like worrying they used so to. much about that. The Republican Party used to. Right. And now they're, and so yeah, every time, anyway. But I think, I just think that that's like, <sighs> there are ways to talk like, about it that right in I think are good. face. Yeah, slap Mitch McConnell, McConnell in the face. Fucking smug, evil shit stain in the underwear of the GOP. Say it. That's who Mitch McConnell is. Damn I just, fucking straight. Oh, I just wish that he would die. That would be fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm not encouraging violence against him or what have you, although I would probably smack him in the face if I ever saw him. But, like, he's old. He's he's done enough damage. He can go away anytime, and I'd be happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. But let's move on to yeah. spooky, creepy <laughs> lady of the week. Sounds good. Which I will preface with mine by saying uh, it's not going to get much brighter. <laughs> I mean, it's going to cool. be less like uh, depressing in the political sort of weariness sense. Mm -hmm. But there is like all kinds of trigger warnings for my person. Okay. So, you know, just be aware of that, everybody who's listening, that this one's pretty um, violent and somewhat. I think I know who. Oh, I'm sure you do. And I specifically knew. <laughs> I, was, I said to Ben, I was like, Hannah wants to do this person at some point, but I'm sure she already picked her. So I picked other options. And Ben was like, she didn't pick her. And I was like, great, I'm doing it. <laughs> Thought about it. So today we're gonna talk about Elizabeth Elizabeth Bathory, I the blood knew countess I knew of it. Transylvania. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Holy shit! And she was wild and crazy. She was insane. She was batshit insane, or so we have been taught. Well, okay. Dun 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 dun. dun. So. I have a few sources, and I specifically opted not to use Wikipedia this time because Ooh. Wikipedia was not terribly sensationalist and kind of kept out a lot of, they were very just like rude, ho-hum about the details of her life. So um, I took a lot of my information from Badass of the Week, mm. uh, Vintage News, Did You Know Facts, and then, of course, a little sprinkling of Rejected Princesses, yes, which yes. I was surprised that she was on, surprised and not surprised that she was on there. I, was, yeah. I had no intention, like... I just, you know, I want to not use him all the time. Because I know. then it feels like we're just cribbing everything he's done. I know. But actually, it's just a very small portion of mine from... Anyway. My God, I'm excited. Yes. Shit. She's a wild... You guys don't even know what you're in for! But it's all sorts of trigger warnings. Okay. Yeah. Trigger warnings for... For um, assault, like really gory, graphic, sort of torture. Okay. I, I don't know that I go into all sorts of detail and it, like very mild... Sexual stuff, but okay. not, not in detail. Okay. Um, so anyway, let's talk about her. Well, her given name, and I'm going to butcher every single fucking Hungarian name that's in here. Yes. So I'm not even, whatever. I can't even. <laughs> Don't even apologize. I can't even be bothered. She's there's, not alive. There, there's just lots of Zs. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't pronounce them. But her her given name was like Erzbet. Interesting. But the westernization of it is Elizabeth Bathory. Mm -hmm. So. She was born in 1560 in a quiet, pleasant little area of Eastern Europe known as Transylvania, Ooh. which, you know, mm -hmm. hello, hello. Has a history. Yes, it does. And partly because of her. Her and Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. 
which both of them together actually contribute to create the Dracula sort of mythos. Both of them. Yes, because people always want to put it on Vlad the Impaler, but like she... We'll get there. Yeah. We'll All get right. there. All right. So she was born in Eastern Europe. Her family was a very distinguished line of uh, Hungarian Transylvanian nobility. Her uncle had been the king of Hungary and her cousin, Stephen Bathory, the Duke of Transylvania, had fought several successful campaigns against the Turks and was good buddies with Vlad the Impaler. To this day, her mm. cousin remains a much beloved war hero throughout his homeland. Interesting. Yep. Of course, as is the case with pretty much every royal family in medieval Europe, House Bathory was also prone to alarming bouts of inbreeding. <laughs> so a couple of generations of this are bound to produce a few creepy weirdo cousins along the way. So while Elizabeth had plenty of illustrious leaders, warriors, knights, and heroes in her bloodline, she also had a, this is directly cribbed from uh, Badass of the Week, she also had a drunk-ass, lecherous, psycho sex fiend for a brother. <laughs> And an aunt who was a lesbian or bisexual, incestuous witch, and another uh -huh. uncle who was a devil-worshipping alchemist. I mean, this sounds like a family I want to be in. Except for the incestuous part. Right. Like, there are weird rumors about how her aunt and her had an incestuous relationship, but I Whoa. don't... They're, they're really unfounded. Okay. But her aunt was definitely at least super into ladies, and hey. which, you know, back in the 1500s, especially in Europe, was like a... <laughs> Um, Elizabeth herself was raised Protestant, which to a lot of folks in ultra-Catholic 16th century Hungary was not much better than being a goat-sacrificing Satanist sex fiend warlock, and it didn't much help uh, her cause that in her youth the girl was prone to epileptic seizures and what contemporary sources like to refer to as fits of extreme rage. Oh, Interesting. So, like, early warning signs, I guess. Were the seizures seen as, like, devil, like... Oh, most uh, certainly. What's the word I'm looking for? Possession. Yeah. Yeah. People had no idea what epilepsy was. Yeah. For Ooh. a very long time, and I think most of Europeans would pretty much just go, it's a demon or it's the devil. Which so is they do so like... sad, if you think about it, really. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, as a child... She witnessed acts of torture performed on peasants who happened to live in the proximity of the Bathory family home. Allegedly, it was associates of her father who conducted these cruel deeds, but a number of family members did not make for good role models in this area either. Man, these are some dark times. Uh-huh. Medieval era, not a good, not a good time to be alive. Mm -hmm. um, despite brief moments where she went wild with a meat cleaver and started <sighs> swinging anything that moved... Young this Elizabeth is a, like, fit of rage? Uh-huh. Oh! Young Elizabeth taught herself to speak Greek and Latin and was, by, and was one of the few members of the Transylvanian nobility who learned how to read and write. Okay. So even nobility back then, I guess it just wasn't... If you were a woman? Well, especially if you were a woman. Yeah. But I think it was just not a... You probably had scholars who would do... Maybe it was the culture. Oh. I don't know. Interesting. By all accounts, Elizabeth's early life was fairly commonplace for royalty. Uh, she was engaged and sent to live with her fiancé's family at the age of 10. Oh. They were married when she was 15 and he was 20. Um, <clears throat> in the intervening years between 10 and 15, uh, apparently it seemed she was raped or molested by a servant and may have even had his kid. Oh, God. When she was like 14, there were rumors that she got pregnant by, you know. Some some stories oh, say man. that she like was quote unquote horse playing with a... With a servant boy and then others which i'm more inclined to believe is that she was raped yes um yeah and but again it's all rumor 
the fact that Ferenc Nada Nadasi Nada mm. nope Nadasdi N A D A S D Y with an accent over the A. Oh boy! So his okay. name's Ferenc Nadasdi. Um, but he married her anyway, and it would seem to be a testament to his devotion, if not actual love for her. Okay. You know, because she was spoiled goods. Yeah. And uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. He Tarnished. Didn't, he didn't need to, but he did. Yeah. Um, her husband also came from a noble family. The Nadasdi family was, in those years, one of the most powerful in Hungary. Uh, as rumor had it, following the wishes of his new spouse, Count Ferenc Nadasdi, also, no, bleh, 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 starting that sentence. <laughs> Over again. As rumor had it, following the wishes of his new spouse, Count Ferenc Nadasdi, also known as the Black Knight, built a special torture chamber in his castle. Oh, goody. Uh-oh. Boy, boy. Here we go. The two had a fiefdom of 17 villages, stocked completely full of hapless peasants with whom they could pretty much do whatever they wanted whenever oh, they felt God. like it. The Count was gone on campaigns a lot, you know, fighting those Turks. Fighting, oh yeah, here's, here's what it says. Fighting in those endless wars against the Ottoman Turkish empires that Eastern European kingdoms seem to have constantly been involved in at the time. <laughs> and Elizabeth spent a lot of time home alone in the castle with only an army of young lovers and obedient servants to keep her company. Oh darn. What a sad life. Yep. Um, do, 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 do. When having people feed her weight on her and have sex with her anytime she wanted got boring, Elizabeth started sending letters to her husband, asking him to tell her all the gory details about all the sweet torture methods he was using to extract information out of his prisoners of war. Oh. Allegedly, his responses got her so worked up that she had decided that she would start to test them out on people she had kidnapped from one of the villages under her domain. It makes you wonder dun, dun, dun. how much, like, how much of her life she was, a she actually wondered about that stuff and only just then became emboldened enough to... To be like, wait, I'm in, ask about I'm in power. Uh -huh. I could do this and get away with it because I control all these villages. Yeah. And people have to do what I say. That's a la, when... what's his butt from Game of Thrones? Um, the, the Bolton bastard. Uh, Ramsey. Oh, Ramsey. Boom. Yeah, yeah. I've read the books. Well, that's why when people <laughs> say, like, women women can't be serial killers, or they're just not pre... They're not dispositioned, you know... Sure they can. But, like, here, here you go. they can be psychotic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so here we go. She kidnapped people and then decided to, because she would get off on the torture details that her husband... She's like, well, I want to try this shit out. At first, it was pretty standard oh. stuff, you know, beating servants with red hot pokers, <gasps> uh. pouring honey on local peasants and tying them to trees in the woods so wild animals and insects would eat them, uh. having the Romani people sewn up while they were alive inside of dead horses. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Um, one of the methods she employed during the depths of winter for whatever fucking reason, was to order servant girls to go out into the snow naked. Um, there she would pour buckets of cold water over their bodies. They were like in tubs, like standing in tubs. And they would pour ice water up to their necks in the winter and then wait until their bodies turned lifeless after being caged in ice. Oh my God. Is that awful? That sounds terrible. That, I mean, that's already, you've only just started, and that is a level of fucked up I was not anticipating. I know, right? 
Oh my God. Like, so that was her winter torture. The summer one was like the, I'm going to pour honey all over your body and then tie you out in the woods for animals to come get you. Jesus Christ. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Accounts suggest that at the beginning of these torture episodes on the property, Bathory was joined by her husband. While he was away, he would mail her suggestions (gasps) for torture devices and she would write him back and let everybody know how it went. Maybe this is why he actually married her. Could be. That being said, he would supposedly at least limit her sadistic appetites a little bit. Oh, yeah. Who knows why? Okay. Um, but then he died. Oh, fuck. While he was away. So after his death in 1604, apparently got a hell of a lot worse and her urges went more out of control. I don't know. Maybe grief does weird things to people. Or not having the one person who was keeping you in check. Maybe. Um, So then she really started getting into witchcraft. Oh, boy. She got in with a bunch of devil worshippers and allegedly created and put together a spell that was supposed to summon an army of 99 black cats to materialize out of thin air and rip her enemies' hearts out. That kind of sounds cool. (laughs) If you had the capability to just summon a bunch of cats... To get your enemies? Yeah. Come on. I need an army of cats. Who wouldn't? <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the curse I'm going with. Yeah. Um, the sadistic urges of Bathory only seemed to intensify as time passed, of course. Mm-hmm. Helped by one of her several assistants, a local witch named Dorada Zentes. Mm. Ooh. S-Z-E-N-T-E-S. Zentes? Zentes? Sure. Uh, Elizabeth did not limit her torture to the girls who came to serve her in the castle. The two would go out hunting for other girls outside the castle. And in the cruelest of circumstances, Bathory would consume bits of flesh taken from the bodies of her unfortunate victims. She allegedly believed that their flesh and blood gave her strength and improved her overall health. Okay. So she's that kind of crazy, too. Um... Cannibals. Great. My fave. But what she is most infamously known for is the accusation that she used to take baths in a large porcelain tub filled with virgin's blood. Yeah. According to the story, one time she was basically beating a servant girl and she started to bleed and the blood got on her skin and she thought that the blood worked like some kind of miracle moisturizer that both hydrated and exfoliated her and made her look younger. Okay. So she was starting to feel the pressures of getting older, I guess, and not being young and beautiful. And she was like, oh my God, my skin where this blood landed is so amazing. Okay, well now I want this over my entire body. So she would go all out, stripping naked, spending a couple nights a week sitting in a candlelit blood-filled bathtub as a means of keeping her skin young and her good looks eternal. Whoa. Which is a big part of where the Dracula thing comes from. Because Vlad the Impaler was super violent, but the sort of Transylvanian concept of a a reclusive evil person who drains you of your blood and uses it to keep themselves youthful for eternity... Okay. Pure vampire shit. Okay. It's not like drinking the blood, although she ate their flesh... Yeah. But it's kind of some amalgamation, I think, of her plus Vlad the Impaler, who I didn't look up any information on because fuck him. That's not what this podcast is about. Yeah. But yeah. That's so, that's, oh my God. I've never put that together. And I, when when you and I were talking earlier, 
um, we may have to cut this. I have no idea. But when we were talking earlier and we were talking about like what we want to do for our Halloween episode and where certain things have come from, Mm -hmm. I was thinking, gosh, I wonder if there's like a female, you know, vampire origin story somewhere. Okay, well, here it is. This is it. Whoa. This is the one. God damn. Yeah. It's so creepy. Like I have to completely disassociate when thinking about how awful the shit that she did. Yes. To like hundreds of women. You cannot put yourself in their shoes. No. You you just can't. I no. mean, that's because it's horrifying. Yeah. Awful. But her behavior was ignored for such a long time as this actually, it's like a weird, like maybe not quite the same, but it's like an example that we see common to fucking today. Uh, her relatives were uh, administering the local courts and councils. Okay. So, and then of course also the fact that like nobody gave a shit about peasants. So they're like, why should we care about these poor people? Yeah. They're disposable anyway. Yeah. Oh, so that's why boy. she was able to get away with it for such a really fucking long time. Wow. But she was really well known among the locals for all the bullshit that went on at her yes. castle. Yes. I mean, I'm sure they had, like, stay away from... She's the fucking boogeyman. Yeah. (laughs) Like, don't, if you see her, fucking run, especially if you're a virgin girl. Because I'm sure they could hear the shit going on, too. I mean, I'm sure, like, they could hear screams and the awful things going... Oh, Uh Um, Allegedly, after she started executing members of lesser nobility... That's kind of when the final straw... She'd run out of peasants? I guess. Oh, God. Um, And a team of priests was sent to assault her castle. (laughs) They staged a raid in the middle of the night on Christmas of 1610, and they discovered a scene that is described as, quote, too monstrous to be recounted even at her trial. Uh, They forcibly took her and her accomplices into custody after a brief struggle. Uh, allegedly she was orchestrating one of her like torture sessions on a group of young girls. There was apparently a a freshly buried corpse and a cowering, really beaten to near an inch of her life servant, but was still alive. So Bathory and all of her criminal assistants were tried and convicted on 80 cases of murder. Whoa. Some estimates, however, suggest that the total number of brutal cases of torture and killing was much higher. Perhaps around 650 young women were victim to Bathory between 1585 and 1609. Oh my God. That's 24 years. How many people is that a year? A lot. Um, Some of the details that came out during the trial are not for the faint of heart. Apparently, Elizabeth Bathory... Kept her servants chained up every night so tight that their hands turned blue and spurted blood. Oh. Uh, She would beat them to the point where there was so much blood on the walls and beds that they had to use ashes and cinders to soak it all up. Um, She beat a servant in Vienna so loudly that her neighbors, some of them monks, threw clay pots at walls in protest. Uh, She strangled a servant to death with a silk scarf, a harem technique known as the Turkish way. Whatever that means. Uh, Burned her servants with metal sticks, red hot keys and coins, ironed the soles of their feet Mm. and stuck burning iron rods into their vaginas. Uh, (laughs) Mm. uh, Stabbed them, pricked them in their mouths and fingernails with needles, uh, cut their hands, lips, noses with scissors. uh, 
used needles, knives, candles, and her own teeth to lacerate servants' genitals. Stitched their lips and tongues together. Oh, my God. Uh, made servants sit on stinging nettles, then bathe with set stinging nettles. During the bath, she pushed the nettles into their shoulders and breasts. Oh. Um, kept servants from eating for a week at a time. And if they got thirsty, would make them drink their own urine. Oh, my God. Forced them to cook and eat their own flesh, usually from the butt, or make sausages and serve it to her guests. You're going to make Ben vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. This is we should put the the main trigger warning at the beginning of this. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. She heat up a cake to red hot temperatures and make servants eat it. I don't know how you heat up a cake to red hot temperatures, but allegedly she baked a magical poisonous cake in order to uh, kill a rival magistrate. Um Whoa. the whole 99 cats to torment your enemies shit. Jesus um, Christ. She stuffed five servants' corpses underneath a bed and continued to feed them as if they were still alive. Buried her servants in uh, gardens, grain pits, orchard, and occasionally cemeteries, sometimes with rites, often without. Oh no, which was a big fucking deal. Huge fucking deal. Um so after the trial, Sentences went into effect almost immediately. Her female accomplices, all older women, first had their fingers torn off with iron tongs and once fingerless were tossed into a fire while alive. Whoa. (laughs) Her one male accomplice, being less of a participant to the supposed crimes, was shown a tremendous amount of mercy because he was decapitated before they threw his body into a fire. Oh, cool. Um, And Elizabeth Bathory herself was immured, which is to say bricked up into a room in her own castle with with peepholes, barely any fresh air, no human, like, contact, barely, like, they just had enough space to give her food. Uh, And she died four years later, found dead on August 21st, 1614. She was 54. What did she die of? Uh, I read some stories that said that she, like, hunger striked herself to death. But, oh, boo-hoo. Or maybe she starved, like, wow. not, of, not of her own decision. Wow. But either way, she was 54, which is pretty young. and uh, <sighs> Although not for then, I guess. But Wow. Amazing that they knew at the time that they were like, what you did was so heinous that you deserve to just live in this lightless box until you die. Yeah. So you can just sit there and think about all the shit that think you did. Think about what you did. Which she probably, that's probably how she sustained herself for four years. In her rage. Yeah. Stewing. Yeah. Dreaming about all the fucked up shit she did and wishing she could just do it again. hmm Man. But. Oh. Big old but. Okay. The downfall of Elizabeth Bathory could all have just been a wildly elaborate conspiracy by the Catholic Habsburg dynasty to discredit and shame the Protestant rulers of Transylvania. What? For example, the whole bathing in human blood story doesn't appear in history until some French dude wrote about it nearly 100 years after her death. It was not mentioned at her trial. And a lot of the gore-intensive accusations made against her were only confessed under Spanish Inquisition-style torture. <gasps> so, let's rewind Whoa. and give an alternate depiction of potentially the life that she led. Okay? Here All we right. go. 
After her marriage to Count Ferenc Nadazdi, which was well-matched, as both were educated and smart about financial and military matters, her husband set her up with a castle and land while he went off to college in Vienna. Even though he must have been home enough to get Elizabeth pregnant with their five surviving children, she had five kids throughout all this, he left the day-to-day -day management of their holdings, land, and people up to his young but capable bride. By all accounts, she was a benevolent and engaged ruler, standing up for local women's rights, leading an etiquette school for aristocratic ladies, providing haven for poor war widows, and even intervening in a rape case that must have reminded her of her own childhood incident. But the Hungarians were at war with the Turks, and her husband was off commanding local forces for the Holy Roman Emperor, so things were bound to take a wrong turn sooner or later. About 27 years after their marriage, he came down with a disease that cost the, loss, cost the loss of both of his legs and resulted in his death at age 48. And that's when her trouble began. Hmm. Not long after Ferenc fell ill, a Lutheran minister with no known ties to the family began filing reports about Elizabeth around the kingdom with every ecclesiastical and secular court that would accept them. The minister painted her as a villainess, one who had her assistants kidnap young girls who were never seen or heard from again. By 1610, the rumors had grown so far-reaching that the Holy Roman Emperor, Emperor Matthias II intervened and requested a full investigation. The catch? The investigator would be a name of a man that I cannot pronounce, Georgi Thurzo. Mm. The man left in charge of Elizabeth and her holdings after her husband's death, and he was also gunning for the throne, and her cousin was also gunning for the throne. Whoa! And she was a, a woman alone with power and money who could team up with her cousin who was trying to be king. This guy was trying to be king, but was lording over her. And he was surely a person who had a lot to gain from taking her down. Oh, my God. Da-da. Oh, my God. There seemed to be something to the claims, though, when over 300 witnesses came forward, some commoners, some aristocracy, and even some staff at her castle, who claimed to have witnessed her kidnapping, torturing, and murdering young girls. So, 300 okay. people came forward to make complaints. What was the purpose? Well, no one could say for sure until they went to arrest her after a month-long investigation, which isn't very long considering the ground they would have had to cover on horseback to gather witness statements. Yeah. And they found her bathing in a pool of blood. <clears throat> There's no truth to that bloody sensational story. Elizabeth and her four closest servants were actually arrested quietly. Authorities found only three women among the prisoners of war held at the castle. Only the servants would be tried for murder, while Elizabeth would remain under house arrest while her son took over her holdings. And so began what really sounds like a farce of a trial. A court was assembled by the beginning of 1611, and all of the witnesses were gathered back together. If you're wondering how they convinced everyone to tell more or less the same story, here's how. They tortured the lone dissenting servant girl in front of the entire court by removing oh. her breasts and <gasps> eyes. Yes, that is a valid method of extracting a confession. Well, saying if you don't stick in line... This is what's going to wow. happen to you. Among the many oddities at the trial, one of the most uh, one of the most likely illiterate servant girls told of seeing a ledger where Elizabeth kept a tally of her kills and seeing the number 650 recorded there. But this woman was probably illiterate, so... Oh, God, yeah. The ledger was never presented in court, although it was used as evidence to convict the girls who supposedly helped her commit her dastardly acts. So what is the truth? We know Jesus. that the local aristocracy had some angst over the amount of autonomy given to Elizabeth by her husband, as it wasn't considered right to give a woman so much power. 
Elizabeth was willing to admit to specific deaths, 36 or 37 of them, but not as part of a sadistic quest to stay young. Though untrained, she served as a doctor for many injured war victims and other ill people in her territories, and of course lost a few patients along the way. Elizabeth never got to speak in her defense, and her family records were mostly destroyed. She never confessed, and she never gave a real motive for committing the acts of which she was accused, the, the torture sadistic ones. There are no historical accounts or proof of anything untoward, no ledger, no bodies, and no confessions that couldn't reasonably be described as coerced. Her reputation wasn't necessarily an overly kind one. It's beyond questioning that she beat the hell out of some of her servants or had her servants do it for her, and undoubtedly some of them probably died. I mean, she had thousands of servants in an age before penicillin. Yeah. In fact, one scholar claims that the more outlandish quote-unquote tortures, stinging nettles, metal rods, amateur acupuncture, were contemporary folk remedies. So, we have to make up our own minds. Oh, girl. Was Elizabeth Bathory a secretly sadistic woman who killed indiscriminately in order to keep herself young? Or was she the female equivalent of or was she the female equivalent of Lad the Impaler, a woman from whom vampire legends have sprung? Or was she a smart, successful, wealthy, motivated young woman who simply intimidated the men around her? Men who saw their chance to remove their discomfort in her presence after the death of her husband and protector. It is a question for the ages and one which we will never likely have an answer. Girl, Twist you just ending. You blew my fucking mind. I blew my own mind when I was researching. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? That's, I mean, yeah, because that is not a part I've ever heard before. Because it's, I guarantee it's a more you, recent, like, it's a more recent question that some scholars are starting to be like, well, well hold on uh, a second. Oh, gosh, the men who recorded this history may have, like, you know, fucked it up a little well, bit on purpose. Well, the man who was her rival, who was wanting her land, like, she had, her castle was huge. God damn. But I don't know. Maybe she was the person. She never confessed, but that doesn't mean anything, but also it could mean something. Man, that's, uh. But certainly her reputation that has come into history books has been the inspiration for many horror supernatural stories in modern media. Yeah. And. Yep. But it's just interesting that, of course, the easy thing to do is to paint a powerful, intelligent woman as a villain. Yep. An extreme villain. Oh, yeah. Well, in the minute you started talking about witchcraft... I was a little bit like, devil uh, worship. I don't blah, know blah, blah, blah. about that, especially because she was Protestant in a Catholic country, and that alone is enough to be like, the devil's got a hold of you. Well, and it's interesting that you that that you chose her because I chose somebody who, kind of, I mean, I, I don't know. The, are the the stories that we're telling are going to have a lot of similarities. I think nice. Um, but for I've next also, week's woman for next week. Um, but also the satanic panic started the exact same way. You had these kids who were basically like sort of coerced into coming out with accusations against their teachers that ended up sounding like, you know, these people were devil worshipers. It's and the these same shit. Were, it's, it's the, the same thing as the Salem thing. witchcraft trials. Yes. 
it's, I mean, the things that people will say and the things that we're willing to believe, even up into the 80s, like even set, today. child sacrifice, like we're willing to believe that your, you know, kindergarten teacher is sacrificing children on an, on an altar to Satan in, you know, their f- spare time. I mean, right. we are willing to believe that shit. You're right. Even now. And it's always women who who get the brunt of those accusations. It's always women Men who, certainly like, get caught up in it, too, but overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly it's women. Overwhelmingly, that stuff comes from one place and then ends up being used to put women in their place. Mm-hmm. And that's... And interesting that the servant they chose to make an example of, the one person who dissented, they're like, well, we're getting... Like, I'm I not know. even repeating yeah, it don't because repeat it's it. like... Oh, God, it was so awful. I still can't even watch... Like, I watched the um, Anthony Hopkins King Lear that's on Amazon and just the scene where they they get Gloucester's eyes. I can't watch that shit, even on stage. Like, I know it's all fake. And I'm like, no, no, no. Because just even the thought. No, yeah. Like, don't cover my eyes. Thanks. My squishy great balls. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah. Dude. Like, but that's the whole thing is that I have always only ever heard the evil side of her and didn't really know that much other than bathing in a bathing pool of blood. Bathing in a pool of blood, Yeah. And, and, you know, scientifically speaking, people have come forward and been like, actually, that's not really possible because the blood will coagulate. Uh, you can't, there's yeah. not enough time to get that much blood, human blood. Yeah. In a tub before it starts to coagulate. Yeah. You can't bathe in blood. <laughs> you just can't do it. Not a whole tub of it. Hi, yeah, yay. My that, God. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I'm speechless. That's but who knows? Because amazing. like she maybe was a little bit sadistic, like because that is possible. One of the articles I read that they were like her house was just full of things that would give the Marquis de Sade a giant erection. <laughs> I was like, could be, could be. But we'll never know. We'll never know for sure. There's no way to know because her family records were destroyed. Dude. Crazy, right? That was a fucking good one. A ride, man. That was wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Now I have to top that. <laughs> Shit! You don't. I have to at least get to a get to a twist a level. ending. Boom! Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll my see. notes were extra long because I I wanted to. No, you you did a you formatted that quite well. Thanks. Yes, dude. <laughs> thank you. That was awesome. Thanks. Do you want some on this day in history? Ouch! Yes. There aren't really very many exciting. Well, there was a lot, but like nothing that fit the context. So I've only got a few. Um, this episode will drop on October 17th, and so I have a few. 1814, eight people die in the London beer flood. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What? It was basically like a bunch of like, it's a domino effect, sort of like a bunch of casks of beer, like flooded a whole fucking street and a lot of people who lived in basement, basement homes. Like, eight people died. What year was this? 1814. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. Never heard of that. I was okay, like, that's London weird. Beer flood. My God. Uh, October 17th, 1918 uh, is the birth of Rita Hayworth. Oh, Rita. Yeah. Yay. Love Rita Hayworth. Uh, October 17th, 1931, Al Capone convicted of income tax evasion and goes to prison. What? Goes to Alcatraz, man. Hell yeah. October 17th, 1933, Albert Einstein flees Nazi Germany and moves to the U.S. 
Whoa. Good move on his part. Yep. Uh, This one's very specifically for me. October 17th, 1937, the death of J. Bruce Ismay, chairman and managing director of the White Star Line at the sinking time of the Titanic. He is the guy in the movie. He's one of the few men in charge or the only man in charge of the Titanic who survived. Oh. The one with the big mustache who gets on the boat and looks super ashamed when he yep. gets in the lifeboat and the the guy the the officers see him do it and they like side eye him. Yeah. He's a big old coward. Yeah. But he died in 1937. Wow. On October 17th. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, October 17th, 1979, Mother Teresa is awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh. Which I apparently there's like weird. Like Mother Teresa backlash these days, and I don't really know much about it, but I thought it was important huh. that that was when she got awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Okay. October 17, 1979. Also, the Department of Education Organization Act is signed into law, creating the U.S. Department of Education and U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Whoa. So those have only been around since 1979. Wow. Right? A lot of our departments are pretty new. Yeah. Oddly. Yeah. Crazy. October 17th, 1983. Happy birthday today to Felicity Jones, who Aww. was Jen Erso. Oh, Felicity. In Rogue One. She's a fantastic actress and I love her. She's very good. Yeah. Dude, thank you. Yeah. That's, that's lots of good uh, history things. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Do you have something you're excited about this week? I mean, I, I was racking my brain about it and I realized I think the thing that I'm most excited about is this podcast. As, like, dumb as that maybe sounds, I'm just excited to be... for next week is a podcast. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm just excited about our, at the you know, stuff we're doing. I think that Aww. it's fun to be doing people for Halloween and having, I know. having fun, like, witchy things that we're talking about. And oh, yeah. It's... Very on brand. Yeah. I'm just, um, I like it, and it makes me happy. I was, like, having such a good time doing my notes for this week. I mean, obviously, because it's just macabre and gross and, and weird. And takes this weird turn. And, and takes a weird turn. But at the same time, like, I've just, I've had such a hard week, two weeks at work. It's been just really, really stressful. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just, like, grateful for this and oh. having it be my release. Oh, my God. In my creative space. I just love it so much. <laughs> So I I don't think that's weird All right. or dorky. Good. I mean it's a little, but I'm on board with it. So I just it I don't know. Thinking about doing it was making me really happy this week, and yeah. thinking about and when I finally got to do my notes, it was just like oh this is so interesting, and I'm I don't know. It's just as like the more we get to do this, and the more we get to talk about people and and maybe the things that we thought we knew about them and then learn right? something exactly. different is I thought I was so just cool. gonna go in all in for like a gory like creepy serial killer listen about this psycho lady and then I went record scratch <laughs> maybe not but that's just as crazy I know the twist ending yeah who knew who fucking knew not me she did but she dead now so <laughs> she dead now who knows but anyway dude what a good week. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for a good a good episode. Okay. Okay. Until next week. Peace out, witches. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Thank you for listening. <laughs> you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry, and more. Basically anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Mm-hmm. 
If you like our podcast, it would be really helpful if you could please like and subscribe, rate and review, share with your friends on social media, word of mouth, mm-hmm. all of that. It's great. Yes, and you can find us on Twitter at GWBB Podcast. Instagram is the same, and we are on Facebook under Good Witches, Bad Bitches Podcast. And hey, guess what? If you want to hear all of our episodes, they are all up at our website, GWBBPodcast.com. If you have a story about a woman in your life that you want to share with us and that you want us to share on our podcast at some point, you can email us at GWBBPodcast at gmail.com. Hey guys, you know what? If you like what you hear, maybe please consider a little bit of supporting us financially by visiting our tip jar. Um, The link is in the show notes. Every little bit helps. It just kind of makes it so that we can keep this going so that it has some longevity. So just think about it. See see how you feel about it. Or you can support this podcast directly by buying us a coffee on our (laughs) Ko-Fi. So that is ko-fi.com slash GWBB podcast. Coffee start at $3 because that's generally the price of a fancy coffee and it just helps us keep the ship going. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is produced by Moon Bounce and powered by Pinecast. Boom, boom, boom. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening.